on this week's edition of the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. Fasting in modern times. That was a happy hour. Good. Pretty pretty good. I took Brett and one T out once he is fasting. So um, I only had to buy him one drink. Is he is he like becoming a priest? <laughs> no, he's having one of his stupid diets because he's like worried about his figure. Is it like um, a permanent lifestyle change where you like you know do sixteen hours of no eating? That one of those? No, it's like the James Brown. I don't eat past six o'clock. He can only eat or drink from ten to six o'clock. Uh, James Brown, like the musician. Yeah, apparently, I remember back in the day hearing the story, like, that was his only rule. But maybe he sold booze. I don't know. All this and more. Hello, and welcome to the Week 11 Eagles Death Spiral edition of the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like one of the battle sh- great battleships of old, the Eagles are sinking into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> now that we've had 48 hours of repose, Matt, how are you dealing emotionally with the soul-crushing loss to the Saints? You know... You would think that I would be the Carson hater, Doug hater. I'm just now of the feeling like I sent you the record of the Saints ever since their Super Bowl victory. Just to Spot, give spotty us. record. Yeah. They ebb and flow, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. And I remember some of those years when Drew Brees had bad years where people were like, is he done? Is he done? Is he done? True. So I am – very mad, yet trying to be realistic that the Patriots are the anomaly. Yeah, but even like even like the Steelers, you think they're much more consistent. But like maybe it is that like they just got way too cocky. This is a lost season. I mean, I think we all agree this is a lost season. Like even if like they have like a run in the terrible NFC East, they're not doing anything. Um, that maybe like oh maybe it's like. Carson Wentz got a little too cocky. Doug Peterson got a little too cocky. They underestimated the loss of Frank Reich, which I know you're going to get into a little bit. So I'm going to say this is the lost season, and let's hope for the best, best next year. Yeah, in the, in the uh, context of NFL history, this is relatively normal. The Patriots and the Steelers are abnormal, like you said. But I do feel like, you know, it's a, it's special Philadelphia Eagle style to win your first Super Bowl and then just absolutely fall apart in this in the next season. Well, I texted you guys and said it's so the Eagles to win the Super Bowl and then be out of the playoffs by the following Thanksgiving. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even even looking at that Saints year to year you sent, they I think they were still Weren't they eleven and five the year after, or maybe they still made the playoffs the year after they won the Super Bowl, and then they kind of doldrumed out at like a few seven and nine seasons. No, yeah, they were eleven five the year after, lost in the wild card. They were thirteen and three, 
lost in the divisional round, and then they went on uh, seven and nine, then eleven and five, but again lost divisional play. I think is that that's the year they beat us actually in the wild card. Yeah, that the, 2013 the season. Era. Yeah, and then seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine, then eleven five last year should have been the NFC Championship game, and then of course this year most likely at least in the NFC Championship game. Well, so on that score, I I came away this week because it's hard to divorce, you know, in the NFL, it's hard to divorce great quarterbacking from great coaching, right? And I feel like the Rams-Chiefs game totally put that into... Are you going to take credit for the text I sent? No, no, no. I'm not taking credit. I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. Okay. I'm just reflecting on what you said. And you think about... You know, usually I completely discount post-game interviews, but last night Goff was saying how McVeigh has this genius for completely simplifying complex concepts. You know, and that's been a big reason why he's made a leap. You got Reed with Mahomes, although that probably is more Mahomes than Reed. But you I don't at, know. You, you look can't. At Alex, you can't say that. No, I mean, no I'm he's saying, but he's the one who how bad Alex Smith has been. And you think like, well, well, test and control. Reed is kind of the the coaching whisperer of quarterbacks. Like you look, he at really is. He really is. He's been wrong on like some of his draft picks, like Kevin Cobb. Oh yeah, and he's a and, terrible talent evaluator, but an incredible quarterback coach. But I assume he was in the room and, and discussion to move up. And, and when they picked Mahomes, everybody thought they were crazy to move up and. They've proven to be right. And if you would say right now, would you take Mahomes over Wentz? I think, unfortunately, we'd all say in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, completely. Uh, like Goff, I would still say I still think it's McVay more than Goff. But um, Well, just look at – yeah, and Mitchell Trubisky with Matt Nagy. Yeah, but Trubisky still sucks. That's what I'm saying. Trubisky sucks, but you put a, you get a good schemer in there. It's The, the entirety of the point is – Coaching is obviously still a huge element in quarterback success. And that brings me to the sweeping, sweeping, sweeping double click I'm about to do on the Frank Reich hypothesis. Which Matt- All right, before you get into the Frank Reich, I just want to okay. make it's been the perfect storm of suckiness. It's been the suckiness of the coaching staff, most notably – uh, Grow and Doug Peterson and missing mm-hmm. Frank Reich, which you're about to get into. It's right. been the suckiness of Carson Wentz, which I've mentioned, and even other people besides me have said that he's made terrible decisions. It's been the suckiness of a terrible offensive line. Offensive line. It's been the suckiness of a terrible defensive line, which is where we spent most of our money. And generally, it's all culminated with, okay, the injuries in the secondary, you can get into that as well. But those four things have led to this ultimate suckiness of four and six. Well, in your, and in, in support of your, your point, uh, in advanced metrics corner this week brought to you by Geico. <laughs> uh, so the Eagles are now 23rd overall in DVOA. They are 22nd in offense, 22nd in defense, and 22nd in special teams. Wow, consistency. So, to your point, completely shitty across the board. Yep. All right. So, the Frank Reich hypothesis, which, Matt, in the fullness of time, I think will stand next to Einstein's theory of relativity and Newton's law of gravity as uh, 
scientific laws that will, well, whatever. Here we go. <laughs> so Frank Reich leaves the Eagles. He goes to Indianapolis. Let's just do a little stats and review. Let's see how both offenses are doing this year. Indianapolis is fifth in points per game. Philadelphia is 24th. We are behind Cleveland, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets in points per game. That's a tough one. In the advanced metrics, Indianapolis is 10th in offensive DVOA. I mentioned that we are 22nd. Last year, we were 8th in offensive DVOA and 1st in points per game. So Frank, Frank Reich leaves, goes to Indy. Indy basically adopts Philadelphia's offensive metrics from last year. And Philadelphia under Grow and uh, Doug Peterson can't seem to scheme a script to save their life. Absolutely. So, so the numbers bear this out. And I double-clicked a little more, Matt. I dug deeper and thought, so what has Frank Reich's track record been? So let me take you on a journey. Reich is a backup quarterback. I think most people know that. He retires in 1998. He reemerges in 2006 as an Indianapolis Colts coaching intern. Somehow through the years, he ends up in San Diego with Ken Wisenhunt. Ken Wisenhunt leaves to go be the head coach of Tennessee and subsequently fails spectacularly. He's promoted to offensive coordinator for the Chargers and is their offensive coordinator from 2014 to 2015 and is fired in January of 2016, after the Chargers finished 31st in rushing. But I double-clicked a little more, Matt. I did more than that. And it turns out that in 2014, the Chargers were 10th in offensive DVOA. In 2015, they were 15th. And a big reason why they didn't score a lot is because they had the third-worst defense in the league and the worst special teams in the league. So, Frank Reich seems to have a proven track record of managing offenses pretty well. And also, given what he's done with Luck this year, even though Luck has talent, he seems to have schemed him into a, into a position to succeed. So I still don't get that whole San Diego part. Like you, what you lost there? me. You double clicked, and I, I thought you were talking about Wizen Hunt. Were you talking about Frank Reich? What, where did it go? So he went. He went to San Diego under Ken Wizen Hunt. He was the quarterbacks coach, and Wizen Hunt was the OC. Wisenhunt was hired by Tennessee to be their next head coach. And Reich, when Wisenhunt left, was promoted to offensive coordinator. So he was offensive, saying he was offensive they, coordinator for the Chargers for two years. And in that time, they did well. Yeah, they did well by advanced metrics, but they didn't have great points per game because their, their special teams and defense was abysmal. It was like last in the league. Got it. So he, kinda, he was kind of screwed over in that respect. So anyway, in conclusion, Frank Reich is a much better offensive coach than Doug Peterson, and that's supposed to be Peterson's wheelhouse. So I'm hanging it on coaching ultimately, I think, this season. Because I think Wentz has the tool set in a good coaching situation, much like any quarterback, to be successful. I just think that Peterson's coaching this year has been wanting. That's well, a, that's what I feel. Well, Argument was terrible. Let's let's get that right out of the like that you that was all the research you did for the Frank Reich theory. That was that was pathetic. And if a, <laughs> if Amanda was here, she would fully agree. With me. But well, you know, 
research in the context of this <laughs> podcast means I spent five minutes on the internet. Right. Well, like you went down some rabbit hole. I have no idea what happened right there. And <laughs> well, it wasn't the that compelling. The point is, that wasn't compelling at all. Anywhere all you need to do is been. just end it with the Colts argument, is that he's gone to the Colts, and he was a second option, and they were supposed to hire uh, whatever the name is, the young gun. Uh, Josh McDaniels. Josh I was going to say McAdams. McDaniels. I almost and, said Josh McVeigh. Yeah, exactly. And luckily they didn't because Frank Reich, even when they were one and four, everybody was like, this team looks good. And now they're five and five. And yeah, there's still two games behind Houston, but they look like the team to beat. And the interesting stat that you didn't bring up is that Andrew Luck is on fire. And I don't know if he can now pass. He seems to be able to pass more than 40 yards. Okay. He has the second most touchdowns in the league pass. I mean, Mahomes is running away with most touchdowns, but second in the league is Andrew Luck. Yeah. So that is your compelling argument to that. He is the Wentz whisperer and the QB whisperer and that maybe Dougie P got too much credit when Frank Reich should have been getting more credit. Right. And it's just, it's so hard to tell, right? Because you have all these situations, especially in the NFL now, where like the head coach calls the plays and you have a figurehead offensive coordinator. So you don't really know who's responsible for what amount of success. Well, but the thing is, is like game day, Peterson was calling the plays. So, of course, obviously he would get the credit. So, but. It sounds like with the game plan that Reich had a lot to do with making sure we were getting the most out of our quarterback. So, yeah, it's the perfect storm, like I said. So you want to blame coaching one. You don't blame Wentz as much as I do, which is fine. Like, that's a debatable fact that we'll see in more time. Yeah, so I guess, like, you have – so the big outlier of quarterback Trump's coach, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers, who might be the greatest of all time. Probably is. With a shitty coach the entire time. Exactly. Like McCarthy is awful. But it's so clear that Rodgers just carries that team every year. So, you know, I I think this kind of, you know, bears out that Wentz is not that guy, obviously. Not not to try to like create a false comparison, but he's like a above average to good NFL quarterback that given the right coaching situation can be lethal and can excel, which is kind of, you know, that's where he was last year and this year he struggled. And I think yeah. the difference. And I'm going to, I'm going to have my controversial point of the week. And I, I'm so upset. Amanda is not here because you said something last week. That is not true. You said, obviously Carson Wentz is better than Donovan McNabb. That's not true. Dominic McNabb had a great run of at least eight years. Carson Wentz is at a great run of one year, yeah, not even fair. a full year. So at this point, Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb, sorry, I don't know why I can't get that out, is better than Carson Wentz. Actually, seven seasons is better than Carson Wentz. So yeah, he's you're you're right. I I concede to you on that point. Now, I mean, this all has to bear out you know, over Carson's career and we'll see, but you're right right now. You can't put him above. But that was a, tell me I'm wrong that yes, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to give you a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to give you a little, no, a little dap that I'm going to say, you're right that the offensive line has sucked. And so 
between coaching and the offensive line, that's a perfect storm. But Wentz continues to make like that for the first quarter woes are the perfect storm of Wentz and the scripted plays. So even on the yeah, scripted Wentz plays, takes like, a dumb shot. Yes. The double coverage. Thank you. Yeah. He's thrown one terrible interception. I feel like every first quarter, I I'm sure I'm exaggerating because he, he still had decent numbers, but it seems like he makes one dumb ass decision every first quarter combined with the terrible scripted plays. Well, so so this goes this all goes back to the the Reich hypothesis, which is so Doug was calling the plays last year, but you know, if you part of like scouting and game planning your opponent is you look at when defenses for certain teams get into certain coverages in certain situations, right? If it's like you're in the high red zone whatever, you know, that defense is going to do Tampa too. I'm making it up, but I feel like Reich is the type of person that does a good job of scouting those tendencies. So that you have like a cluster of plays that you can call on when you get into the high red zone or you get into third down. And if you're kind of really prepared on that front, then you call on a play that is more likely to succeed and simplifies it for Carson. So he knows what he's supposed to look for. And that's that's probably where Doug is not excelled as much as Frank does. I think that's a big part of, you know, being lethal on offense. And it happened last night in the Rams game when, you know, McVay called, you know, the right the right man beater on that last touchdown that the Rams scored. So I feel like that's where probably you miss Reich in terms of why Carson hasn't been as successful and why the script has been terrible. Yeah, I think the entire season comes down to one simple thing, the first quarter. It comes down to we need seven. No, but I'm saying last year we always got out early. We always were – so then the defense could just – Teams had to play from behind and become one. Exactly, yeah. It's a a virtuous cycle. Now it's a vicious cycle. The only – The Giants, the first time we played them, and we won easily. Ever and the any other game we were lucky to win even the games we won, yeah. And the and the Giants are terrible. Well, are they? I mean, they're no worse than the Eagles. They've won well, they're better than against they're better than we are. In crappy competition, yeah. but but anyway. So we're twenty minutes into this podcast, and here's the sad part. I think this team sucks. I think this is a lost season, and yet I'm like. I'm still looking at scenarios where we could still make a playoff run. Yeah, no, of course. We're not we're not mathematically out of it. And the and the here's the thing. Right now the Cowboys are the front runner in the NFC East. And if you if you had to tell me like any team is a front runner that you wouldn't trust to actually hold up over the remaining games they have left, it's the Cowboys and the Clapper. Yeah. They're a paper tiger of the highest order. Yeah, so if you go undefeated the rest of the games and just lose the Rams, you make the playoffs. This is what I feel like is at stake for us. Like we're to your point, even if we sneak into the playoffs by winning the terrible NFC East, we'll get trounced. But if Doug and Carson can like, you know, I don't know, have a religious summit in South Jersey and <laughs> and somehow turn around the season and close out the season strong, I think I'll I'll feel a little bit better about the future. Right now, I'm feeling like we might be stuck with Dougie P 
for the next five years because of a Super Bowl grace period, and then we kind of have like a McCarthyite situation on our hands. Uh, I mean, I think it's too early to tell because, you know, take take the Patriots out of it, and even the year after they won their first Super Bowl, they were eight and eight. But Ruben Franks brought up a good point. In in his third year, McNabb took him to the NFC Championship game. That's not looking like it's not looking like Wentz is going to do that. He probably would have done that last year. So that's a mute point. So I'm not going to give him credit for that. Right. But here's the things: is like this looks like a seven and nine, six and ten season. Sorry, that's what it looks like. You think that? I think that. We all think that. But of course, in the back of our mind. So what did I say at the beginning of the year? The only thing I care about is. And I'm not going to say the word, but do we think Carson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now? No. Right now, Mahomes, I take Mahomes. Right now, I take golf. I'm not saying, I. yeah, I agree. Like, if you put Wentz in that situation, would he be better? Yes. Well, I'm talking about golf. I think Mahomes is unbelievable. I would take Mahomes right now. Yeah, I think, um, you, I think you could put Alex Smith in. Which is early in the offense. year, we, we said yeah. we would still take Wentz, and now we would both take Mahomes. But the only thing I want to get out of this season is that Wentz shows me some sort, some sort of, even if the offensive line sucks, stop making terrible decisions. Yeah, well, uh, he has to. It's tough, right? Um I don't think we're going to get that resolution this season regardless. You're you just like you're not going to you're saying like he would have to play the remaining games like lights out and you know throw three touchdowns a game and no interceptions. And I just like I don't see that happening at this point cuz I feel like our offense is predictable. And he's the sort of player that feels like he has to push it to the limit especially when they're behind and that's when he makes dumb aggressive over aggressive decisions which is what happened in the Saints game when he wasn't executing and being dumb. Yeah, but here's the thing. I agree with that because I like his gunslinger mentality. That's always going to be part of who he is. I get that, but he does it too early, right? Yeah. It's one thing when you're down in the third quarter and you just like, you're trying to, and you're down three scores fine. But when you're down 10, nothing in the first quarter, you just throw it up into double coverage. That's just dumb. Well, that you know what that that made me think of his rookie year when we played at Detroit on the road and we got the ball back. It was like a two minute drill, and he tried the same thing. He just threw like a deep bomb into double coverage, and it got picked off. Like the free safety saw it the whole way. So that that was kind of like uh, that's that's like a it really was. It's like one of his rookie mistakes just to like. I'm going to take a shot here and I'm going to ignore the fact that I'm being completely lurched by the safety. But he also does it late in games when it's tense situations and he should just make the easy read and he tries to make the heroic. He needs to yeah. stop being a hero all the time. Like the Carolina yeah, like, game, like, like it always like is imprinted in my head. Like if he just made the easy play, we would won that game. Yeah. Even after the defense blew it. Like I get that, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's very frustrating. Thank God we won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I just I and I, I do have sympathy for Carson because we might not ever get back in his career. You just never know, right? 
Well, if he keeps That's posting stupid videos about how positive he is and doesn't start playing better, then I say good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean like I wish he would just have like one post. It's like, yeah, I know we suck right now. Like, it's always just like I'm positive. God loves us. Like, I, stop, dude. Stop posting videos of your stupid wedding. Stop posting videos about how positive you feel. I'm like, oh, this is God testing me. No, just say we suck right now. And I apologize because we were awesome last year and now we suck. And I'm going to try to turn it around because I'm a franchise QB and that's what I need to do. Yeah. Or just, well, don't, I'm not, or just don't post anything. Like, I'm, Yeah, I, I'm not on social media, so it doesn't affect me. But I, part of me, though, I think his – you know, religiosity might be good for putting his shitty play behind him. <laughs> you know, if if you were like us and the way we played sports and we were playing this shitty, we if we had that kind of game, it would it would cause our our season to spiral out of control and degenerate. But I feel like because he has faith in the Lord, he's able to like have amnesia about stuff like that, which you you kind of need. To have a turnaround, yeah, but it's just way too hoagie positive. I just want him to have one. Sorry, we suck this season. Like with Eagles fans, positivity bullshit never works. That was what that was the McNabb fakey positive. We hated it. Yeah, that's true. Well, listen, we're uh, Eagles fans are the worst. We're the most ungrateful people in the world. No, but I feel like you just have a realist tweet. Like then we'd be like, yeah, thanks, Carson. Appreciate it. Just just say like. Hey fans, we love you. You've been great to us. We know we've sucked this season. We're gonna try and turn around this week against the Giants. It's not that hard. Not like God is great. We're gonna go back to work. We're still gonna do turn the season around, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, if they go, but that's not what that's not what model franchises do. They don't apologize to their fan bases. Right. It's just not done. Look at Belichick. He doesn't apologize to anyone in his entire life. That's true. Although Brady was apologetic that they lost the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, but that wasn't his fault, obviously. But I'm saying so. Exactly. Just I'm saying, like, I'm not saying, oh, we suck, but just be like, yeah, been a rough year, trying to turn around, whatever. I'm just saying, yeah, stop. Sorry, sorry, Boston fans. Couldn't carry your 19th title in 11 years. No, I'm talking about Carson. <laughs> I, no, I know. I'm talking about Tom talking to the I Boston I would gladly fans. be crying on my five Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're just like the Broncos, you know? They just won that random Super Bowl, and now they're the Broncos. Yeah, but the Broncos had a decapitated, like, elderly <laughs> Peyton Manning. They, they like... And, and we had historically awful New England defense, you know? You need, like, to strike you. Yeah, no, we... I still have faith that Wentz can turn around long term. I just, I hope Dougie can as well. Yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about Doug. I think that's what I'm saying. Like uh, Carson, I'm not worried about. I think it's, uh, it's like circumstantial. Like he's, you've, we've talked before about is he a transcendent player? Probably not. Um, but not, it's like only Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are can like excel without. Coaching. It's only his third year, though. So, and yeah, and I, there's something to be said that maybe he got rushed back. Like, let's not forget 
and we'll end on this. Um, let's not forget that this is supposed to be a, a year injury. This was supposed to be a 12-month injury. Like, everybody was saying that. He got hurt in week, what, 12? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so maybe we rushed him back too soon. Yeah, but his, physically, he's fine. Yeah, but it's just like physically is one thing when you like look at it, but like they 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 always say about this injury, this is a devastating knee injury. He didn't just it wasn't a pure ACL, it was an MCL, ACL, whatever. It was like more maybe there's something you said to that between that I'm saying between that and the bad offensive line because everything you hear from Diddy and Rubes and all the people I the only people I trust is that the offensive line has been terrible. Jason Peters has been terrible. Vitae has been terrible. Kelsey has been obviously like there's been something wrong. Only Brandon Brooks has been Lane Johnson has been bad this year. Only Brandon Brooks, everybody says is the, they've had one good offensive lineman all year. So like mm-hmm. it's the perfect combo. Yeah. Yeah. Why did the why does the offensive line suck so much? Is, is that just hangover effect? Well, Peters might just be old. Well, Peters, yeah, you can. Vitae like, was. Everyone else was there last year. Yeah, but Vitae was like always on the edge of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, no, he was always hanging on for dear life. And Kelsey was drunk all off season. Um, yeah, why? Uh, Brandon Brooks. Uh, apparently, he's the only one who like had the same regimen. And I don't know. Maybe Lane Johnson was hanging out with Kelsey too much, getting drunk too much. And he's also, I mean, Lane Johnson, I think, has been hurt more than we we know. Because remember, he had that high ankle sprain and still right. play the very next week. So I think well, he uh, might just be. So, but my 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 uh, question is, why don't we play the Aussie? Oh, uh, Jordan Mailata. Yeah, it's it's almost like it, it. Well, I don't know. At this point, I just feel like the complexity of the game is is overwhelming to him because he's never played football before. But they had him on the active roster, so they must think he can at least handle it. Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be good to see him out there because he's a monster. But uh, I, I, I don't know this week if you've received any calls, Matt, if you can fill in for the secondary. They're uh, just pulling people off the street now. Yeah, for cornerbacks, yeah. <laughs> You're going to move Matt Graham over to free safety. He uh, played soccer in high school. It's pretty good. Pretty fast. Yeah, but here's the thing is this team, it's always been the offensive defensive line. So even with the scrubs and cornerback, you still gotta get to the quarterback. Yeah, that I was thinking that um watching the game this week. Uh, I was like, I, we're not even getting close to Brees. And there were a few plays where like, you know, he it wasn't like he was getting the ball out quickly every time. Yeah. Like he was hanging in the pocket and we just weren't getting home ever. Yeah, no, he made it look way too easy. That was just like, as soon as that game started, I'm like, oh, we're going to get annihilated. <laughs> well, there was like false hope at the beginning. It was like, all right, we only gave up three there. Yeah, I, I, I just, as soon as the game started and Breeze was just like, even with the three, I was like, yeah, this is, this going to be a long day. Maybe it's 48 to seven and Breeze missed like two wide open touchdowns. Yeah. Two guys ran into each other early yeah. in the game. Two the two white dudes, your your buddy, the backup QB, and the tight end. Like, or they ran into each other. God, that backup QB is so annoying. Whenever they put him in, it's so offensive. Yeah, like that one play they put him in for like to be quarterback, and like I was like Drew Brees. If I'm Drew Brees, I'm like really, really Sean. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, the Giants, here we come. Yeah. I have no faith in this team. I I, I think we could lose 38-7 to to the Giants, and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like this season's shot. I have mm-hmm. no faith in this team whatsoever. I think Od- Odell Beckham's going to have three touchdowns this week. I just... And Saquon's going to have two. We sh- we shall see. This is the one team they beat annually all year. But, yeah, this team has no confidence, and I don't have any confidence in Dougie P to turn them around. Can I can I make one one complaint before we go? Okay, what's that? A, co- a couple of times I've heard, like, well, you know, the Eagles don't – they don't have a lot of weapons on offense. It's the same weaponry as last year. It's the line. It's the line. No, I know. I'm just saying it's – we were manufacturing points with Alshon and Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Well, year. and obviously that trade was a complete debacle at this point. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just worthless. Yeah, because the problem is, is like, oh, hey, where's Nelson Aguilar good? In the slot. Oh, so let's trade a third-round pick for a slot receiver. I mean, it, it, it made sense on paper. Everybody was excited about it. Everybody told me to be excited about it, but two weeks in, it's been a disaster. Yeah, every wide receiver screen got snuffed out for three to five yards. And by the way, on the uh, I hate Dougie P train this season, they do that weird like reverse to Golden Tate where we're down like a hundred to nothing. It's like, <laughs> why don't you save that for when we're actually in a game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for an eighteen-yard loss. Like, yeah, it's like, why? Like just just save that for the playbook when we're actually in the game. This game is over. Also, Doug, Doug, there was like times it was like fourth and four at midfield, like in the first quarter when we were down seventeen and Doug wasn't going for it. I didn't understand. Or we were down like twenty four and he was going for it in our own territory. It's like <laughs> at this point, no, just punt the fucking ball. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Aaron. happy Thanksgiving. We miss you, Amanda. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to I'll you soon. You. I'll see you, Matt, on Thursday. Yes, we will. Have, we will be thankful for the uh, the great food. The terrible lineup on Thursday. Yeah. Games. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I'm going to root for oh God. Who should we root for? The Cowboys or the Redskins? I think we have to root for the Cowboys, right? I I don't care anymore. Yeah. I just want to. I want to play FIFA against Chris Cross. Oh, well, I have FIFA. We should bring – he has, like, FIFA 15. Uh, he's, he, is, he hasn't been upgraded? No, not even talk close. To, we'll talk, he, you need to talk to Lance about that. Yeah, he plays nothing but shooter games. All right, well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye.